Hey, welcome to this month's episode of the Leader Fluent Podcast. Vision is an important part of leadership, which means the ability to cast vision is an essential leadership skill. In this episode of Leader Fluent, we're going to look at the five stages of vision casting and how to maximize each stage in your leadership environment. Author Michael Hyatt said, Vision, as I see it, is a clear, inspiring, practical, and attractive picture of your organization's future. But for vision to have its greatest impact, let's be honest, the leader must communicate it in a clear and compelling way. You see, it's not enough to simply have a vision. You also need to create buy-in so the vision can be fulfilled. Author Ray Pritchard once said, Good leaders have a vision. Better leaders share a vision. The best leaders invite others to join them in spreading this vision. The question is, and this is what we're going to deal with today, is how do you get others to understand the vision, embrace the vision, and then rally around the vision? In other words, how do you effectively cast inspiring vision in such a way that people want to join you in the journey to a better future? Well, I believe that there are five stages in effective vision casting, and that's where I want to focus our attention in this episode. Number one, the first stage is celebration. You see, vision casting doesn't start by looking at the future. It starts by celebrating the past. And I know that sounds strange and maybe even completely counterintuitive, but one of the best ways to create buy-in for the future is to first acknowledge what has already been accomplished. This lets people who have paid the price for yesterday's vision know how much they are appreciated. It's, it's a simple way of showing honor and respect to the people who paved the way for the church or organization to get where it is today. You see, celebration sets the tone. And this is really important when you're casting vision. You've got to start on a positive tone where people feel encouraged, where people feel celebrated, not where they feel put on edge because they're not sure what's coming. Celebration sets the tone. It focuses on the wins and it reinforces the organization's ability to influence positive change. So, what should you celebrate? Celebrate growth, celebrate impact, celebrate testimony, celebrate life change. Make a list of your church or organization's greatest wins and accomplishments from the past and then take time to celebrate at the beginning of your vision talk. And it may be that you're celebrating for a specific window of time like the last 12 months. It may be that you're celebrating from the time the organization started. Whatever the case may be, take time at the beginning of the vision talk to celebrate. Then, after you celebrate, move to the second stage of vision casting. Number two is the problem. Now, this is where leaders often get it wrong. You see, so often leaders share a vision before they've ever defined a problem, and yet every vision is the answer to a problem. If you spend all your time sharing a solution without defining the problem you're attempting to solve, 
people are going to be more resistant to your solution. Why? Because they see no need for it. So in this stage of vision casting, you're introducing the problem that you hope to solve. So how do you do that? Well, to make the transition from celebration to problem, I would encourage you to use a phrase like this. We celebrate the impact we've made over the last 12 months, but our mission is not done. And then take time to describe the problem that your mission solves. Or you might get really specific and say something like this. We celebrate what God has done in the last five years, but there's a problem. I used that statement a few years ago as a springboard to introduce a problem that we were having with space in our auditorium and space in our kids' environments. And so to make the problem real, I showed pictures of our kids' spaces and our auditorium at maximum capacity. I shared statistics to show our growth rate as well as the current capacity of each of our rooms. And and basically what I'm doing is I'm not just talking about the problem, I'm helping to define it. I, I wasn't just making a problem up. I was helping people feel the weight of the problem. So I would encourage you to do the same. Use statistics, use research, demographics, photos, stories to raise awareness of the need that you're trying to meet or the problem that you're trying to solve. And then once people feel the weight of that problem, then transition to the third stage, and that is the solution. Now, the solution is the part of the vision that you've been wanting to get to all along, right? I mean, it's, the, it's why you're doing this in the first place. It's the exciting picture of the future that you want people to see. And now that you've honored the past and you've helped people feel the weight of the need that you're trying to solve, now their hearts are ready to hear the solution. So to introduce the solution, you, you might say something like this. I believe God is calling us into a new chapter of our vision to help us meet this need. In fact, after saying something like that, I'll often even acknowledge that, that God's been stirring a fresh vision in my heart or a fresh vision in not just my heart, but the hearts of our leadership and that we're, we've taken time to pray and to reflect and to even seek counsel as we prepare for the future. What this does is it lets people know that there's already support for the vision from the core leadership of the church or the organization. And then, then I'll begin to unfold the vision in a really clear, compelling, and specific way. In fact, sometimes we'll even produce a, a quality video that provides a powerful visual of the vision and the future and what it will look like. And, and so here's the thing, regardless of what approach you take, the key is to connect the dots between the problem and the solution. That's when your vision carries the most weight because people see it as something that, that we must do, not just something that we could do. They recognize there's a problem here. We've got to do something about that problem. And this vision is going to help us do just that. And then I'll often conclude this part of the vision casting process by stating a, a really clear and compelling outcome. For example, whenever I cast uh, the vision for expanding our facility, I said, by pursuing this vision, we will have the room in our auditorium to reach more people in our city who are far from God, and we'll be able to create space for our kids' ministry to continue to grow and 
thrive. Again, that was just kind of a, a cap on sharing the vision of what we were hoping to accomplish. It, it prepared me to transition us to this next part of the vision casting process. So, so after the solution is clearly articulated, uh, you, have, you have to transition into the question then that everybody is asking, that everybody is thinking in this moment. And that is, you know, they're wanting to know what it's going to take to see this vision fully realized. So I might actually say that statement. I'll, I'll say, so what will it take to see this vision fully realized? And then I go into the fourth stage of vision casting, which is price. Now, let's be honest. Every vision comes with a price tag. And the bigger the vision, the bigger the price. The bigger the price, the more intentional you have to be about layering your vision casting. What do I mean by layering your vision casting? I mean, you have to cast the vision to different groups of people at different times. So let me give you an example. The first layer of my vision casting is usually to our staff and board. The second layer of vision casting is then to our core leaders and our faithful givers. And then the third layer is to our volunteers. Well, by the time we publicly introduce the vision to our entire church in a Sunday morning service, we've already shared it with half of the congregation. Now, I know what you're probably thinking. You're thinking that takes too much time and I get it. It takes a lot of time, but it's absolutely essential to create the buy-in necessary to achieve major vision. And what's happening in each of those vision casting meetings with each of those different groups of people? At each vision meeting, we celebrate the impact we've made. I introduce a need or a problem. I share the vision, which again is a solution to the problem. And then I share what the cost of the vision will be. Which, by the way, sometimes the cost isn't just money. Sometimes the cost is time. Sometimes the cost is simply making the change. And then that brings us to the last part of the vision casting process, and that is partnership. Partnership is where you invite people to participate in the vision. For example, during my invitation to partner with our vision for expansion, I said, we believe this vision is so critical to the future of Seven City Church and to the impact we can have in our community and the world that we're asking our congregation to elevate giving over the next two years years. Now, I also let them know that I wasn't asking them to do anything that Karen and I weren't willing to do and, and that we were committed to lead the way. And, and, and so we invited them to be a part of that. We told them how to be a part of it and that we we're going to give them some vision materials that they could take with them so they could begin to pray about their partnership with the vision. So, those are the five stages of vision casting that can be used anytime you're introducing people to a bigger and brighter future. Again, number one, celebrate the past. Number two, define the problem you want to solve. Number three, share your solution or vision to the problem. Number four, articulate the price. And number five, invite people to partner in the vision. Now, let me give you one simple tip that I found makes a big difference when I'm actually preparing a vision casting talk. When I do vision casting talks like this, I always 
manuscript it. Manuscripting the vision word for word helps me articulate clearly each of the five stages of vision casting. It helps me transition smoothly from one stage to the next, and it ensures the vision casting has substance, not hype. Because here's what you've got to understand. When you're casting big vision, people can see through hype. But substance gives them security. And that's critical in the vision casting process. And I believe as you follow this five-step process, you'll see the greatest buy-in to the vision that God has given you for the future. Well, I hope today's lesson gave you a practical framework to help you cast compelling vision in a strategic and systematic way. Well, if you found today's episode helpful, check out previous episodes of the Leader Fluent Podcast where we tackle topics like developing an opportunity mindset and Jesus on habit formation, 10 signs of an emerging leader, five signs of a hard worker, and five parts of an effective team meeting. These are all different leadership topics that we've tackled in Leader Fluent. Hope you'll check them out. Plus, if you're looking for a leadership coach, I'd love to talk with you. You can learn more at my website at stephenblandino.com. Thanks again for listening today. I'll look forward to seeing you next time on the Leader Fluent Podcast.